Good morning, Kairos. It's my job right now to dismiss the kids to Sunday school, so there we go. So for those of you who uh, <clears throat> may not know me yet, my name is Steve Allen, and I've um, been coming to church here with my wife, Sue, for a number of months. And um, you may not know, but uh, I'm the chaplain at the Lovett School. I've served in that role for the past 25 years. And before that, I worked at a church um, in Pennsylvania. I was working with the youth there, the high school kids. So I guess you could say I've been working with high school kids for most of my life. And I thought I'd pretty much heard it all and seen it all um, until I came across an encounter of something I wanted to tell you about. Um, it's the account of a particular teenage girl who got pregnant. And I want us to do an empathy exercise. With, I would like you to join me for a moment and imagine for a minute how you might feel if that had happened to you when you were in high school or if you contributed to that situation, or if you were a parent or a grandparent of someone for whom that was their scenario. Imagine how difficult that would be. I mean, think about everybody who would be impacted, the girl, the guy, the parents, the grandparents, the siblings, the friends, the school. Um, everything um, would be sort of up in the air a little bit. Perhaps you'd say the future would be a bit murky. Now add to it the fact that the girl in this particular situation that I'm telling you about, she knew that the guy she was dating was not the father of the baby, it was someone else's. And as things progressed, the guy found out that his girlfriend was pregnant, and then he found out that he wasn't the father, and he freaked out. He said he wanted nothing to do with the girl, he told her he was gonna dump her, and leave her to be on her own. The parents of the guy, they were freaking out. The parents of the girl, they were freaking out. They certainly were not happy with the guy and they were concerned and hurting for the girl. Everybody seemed to know and so the parents decided to send their daughter to live with some relatives. In the school, there was conversation all over the hallways and the lunchroom and the locker room. It was awful. Rumors were rampant. Everybody was freaking out. Almost everybody. There was one person who was not. Of all the people who handled this situation a little bit differently, it was the girl. In order to tell you what, I, what she did, I want to read for you the actual account of the story as it was written in the local papers in the town at the time that it happened. So I'd like you to listen to the account now. Hopefully the words will pop up on the screen there in a minute, but I'll read them. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. 
He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. There it is, the story of a teenage girl who got pregnant. We hear it every year, and we hear it at Christmas. My guess is most of you have heard it, not just hundreds, maybe thousands of times. So much so that I think we've lost the impact of the story. And I thought it would be good to read it not in the Christmas season, because usually when you have poinsettias and lights and trees and decorations, I think it softens the experience of what was really going on. Somehow, a Christmas reading, I think, manages to make it all sound so sweet and incredible and wonderful and amazing. But if you think about it, I think there must have been some serious freak out going on. I mean, if you really look at it, Joseph did, in fact, threaten to dump Mary. Mary's family did, in fact, send her away to live with relatives in another town, presumably because everybody was talking about her. Perhaps they were embarrassed, perhaps even humiliated. But what really interests me about this story is what Mary did when she found out she was 16 and pregnant. And that's what I want to draw our attention to this morning. Because what she did was really kind of stunning. Or rather, I should say it's what she didn't do that was stunning. See, of all the people in the story, Mary seems to be the only one that did not freak out. Instead, her response to this, what I would think would be pretty tough news, it says that after Mary found out she was pregnant, she did this. Listen to verse 29. Mary was much perplexed by his words, and she pondered. Perplexed? Sure. Confused? Absolutely. Uncertain? No doubt. Scared? Possibly upset? For sure. But what she did next is really important. She pondered. To ponder means to think about something carefully before you make a decision about what you're going to do next. Look, so often in our lives when bad stuff happens, I think we jump straight to the freak out. I know I do. COVID hits, freak out. Flights are canceled, freak out. We get sick, freak out. We get fired or laid off, freak out. Our retirement account takes a hit. I highly encourage you not to look at your retirement account right now. I've done it. Freak out. <laughs> Our kids do something we don't think they should be doing. Freak out. In fact, insert about just about anything in here that doesn't go according to plan or the plan that you think you have for what should be happening. And my guess is our response is often freak out. My wife and I have four young adult children. And we thought we were done parenting them when they got out of high school and we have one left in college. 
we're not done. And one of the things that we've discovered is when our young adult children tell us their young adult solutions to their young adult problems, my wife and I are constantly going, freak out. Like, what are they doing? They cannot possibly think this is a good idea. That's not our plan. That's not what we would be doing. And that's not what they should be doing. Freak out. We wrestle with what to do and with what to say. So often when things don't go our way, I think we we're quick to leap to anger and to frustration. We tend to catastrophize and think this is the worst possible news at the worst possible time. This cannot be happening. But in this story, the only one who doesn't freak out, the only one who doesn't respond in the way that most of us would respond, I think is the only one that takes time to ponder, to think about before she made a decision about what to do next. There's a Greek word for this, and indulge me for a moment. When I went to seminary, I had to take Greek. So I got to use the words every now and then just to throw it in there, make myself feel like it was worth it. The Greek word is sambalusa. And what that means is to gather together into one's mind. Sambalusa seems to have been Mary's go-to move when things went sideways. A little later in a text after the angels come to the shepherds and then the shepherds go to Bethlehem and they're there in front of Mary and she has no idea what's going on. Guess what she did? That's right. The next verse in that story tells us but Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. She pondered. She seems to have been a serial ponderer, if nothing else. She gathered her thoughts. She sambalused before she reacted. In fact, I think all this pondering may have been what led to one of the great texts of the Bible back in that first chapter, the chapter that I read, verse 38. It says this, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord, or the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What this means to me is this. Instead of freaking out, perplexed, yes. Freaking out, no. She says, okay, God, I have no idea what's going on here. But I will follow you. I'm prepared. To follow your lead. Our words in this little series here at Kairos that, that we're looking at for this week are perseverance and godliness. I could give you any number of definitions of the idea of godliness and probably forget them all, but I think that perhaps the best thing I could do is to point you to a model and an example of godliness to someone who exhibited it when everybody else is freaking out. Godliness is someone who follows God's lead in the midst of life. And most of life, we know, does not go according to plan. That's godliness. Mary seems to me to be a model of this. And I think the way she got there was through pondering. In fact, I think it's, it may be that pondering was the secret sauce and it can be the secret sauce that leads to our own opportunity and attempt to live godliness in our own lives. And maybe the thing we need the most when stuff doesn't go 
according to plan. If we never stop to ponder, how will we ever stop to consider what God might be able to do in the situation that has gone sideways in our lives? I did a little digging around on the internet. The internet's an amazing tool. And I typed in just this simple thing, how not to freak out. And I saw several articles literally with these titles. It's amazing. Five steps to stop yourself from freaking out. Six ways to calm yourself when you start to panic. Each of these articles had one step, at least one step, that encouraged us to, to do some form of sambalusa, some form of pondering, slowing things down. Only when we slow things down long enough to ponder do we make room for prayer, for reflection. Only then can we, can we interrupt the cycle freaking out. Only then can we hope to be more godly than we'll be if we don't do it. Again, the internet's an amazing thing. If you get online, you can look up images of Mary. So I did this, and I, and I knew what I'd come across, but I found some images, and, and every one of them, okay, look like these. Okay, look at this. Now, I know these aren't photographs. They're just some artist's rendition, but still, the look on Mary's face, you can type it in, and every picture that pops up looks something like this. And my thought is this, you don't get a face like that when you're freaking out. You get a face like this, but not like that. And I think the reason is, is because Mary achieved this legendary status, I believe, because she could move from the freak out by pondering to a sense of godliness. And I have to believe it was this process of pondering and praying that gave, that, that, that Sambalusa, that gave her an opportunity to, to say, God, I don't know what's going on here, but, but let me be a servant to you and follow your lead and let's see where this goes. I got a text from, from a friend not too long ago. He was tech, ticked off about something that had happened and he said some pretty nasty things to me. He was mad about a variety of things, but he, he decided to take it out on me because he knows me best. And I know he was just reacting to the heat of the moment, but he said some things that could have ended our friendship. And I knew he was, I knew he was just reacting, but then I had a choice about how I, was gonna, how I was going to react to his reaction. I suppose it was fortuitous that I'd been kind of pondering this message on pondering. So I decided to ponder. And I did not react. And I'm not really, I, I didn't know what to do, and I can't say that I did anything great, and I'm not holding myself up as some example of what to say and what to do in that situation, but I will say this, while I was pondering, taking time to figure out how I should respond, and I was not happy, I was much perplexed, he sent me another text, and he apologized. And I'm glad I spent some time pondering, because I think it gave him time to ponder too. And we've recovered, and we're still friends. 
And I think that some of the stress and the anxiety and the hurt we create could quite possibly be eliminated if we would spend a few moments pondering before acting, before texting, before speaking, before yelling, before stressing. So my advice today is this. I think we need to be pondering people. Pondering people are, are more godly people. I think we need to be people who reflect and take time to listen for God, to pray, to seek wisdom, to ask for guidance, and sometimes to just sit quietly and do nothing. I think, I think that's our best chance to be the kind of people that God wants us to be. And so this morning, I can imagine we've all got something that's stressing us. It might be freaking you out. And so I want to close today by giving us a few moments, not long, to ponder, to sit quietly, to think about the thing that is freaking you out the most, and then to listen to your heart, to listen for the voice of God. Let's pray. Amen.